First of all, I don't know how much of our teaching that we will get to. We're going to, you, but you'll learn something and we're going to, uh, but I wanted to report, first of all, on the uh, offering Sunday morning and tell y'all something. Uh, we, last, the week before Sunday on Thursday, when I, we, there was not enough money to pay the uh, a building payment and uh, the big building payment. And so uh, this, the building payment on Coker. Hallelujah. Everything, this was paid, but the rent was paid, but the bill, so there wasn't enough money. But, you know, I had kind of forgot about it, actually. I, and uh, so uh, totally just wasn't on my mind Sunday morning at all. And I didn't even, uh, so anyway, uh, I just appreciate uh, people initiating and hearing God and and starting and I'm not I know you didn't do it for me so I'm not thanking you but I do appreciate obedience and I know the Lord uh, is going to reward everybody that was uh, faithful and listened to God diligently but anyway we came in Monday morning and hundred ninety two dollars had come in in that offering that was there and so and uh, so I so I put it all together with the other offering and I'm gonna make the building payment and there wasn't enough I didn't, and so then, no, there wasn't enough. So then I found an envelope that I'd missed that had come in the mail, that somebody had mailed in a tie that wasn't a real, and with that and with what came in, it, it made the building payment. Hallelujah. Amen. So God's faithful. And it had to be made. You know, we were on the 10-day grace, and Monday was, grace was over. <laughs> Hallelujah. God's grace wasn't, but their grace was. Hallelujah. And so, praise God. So we made that, and that was great. But I just wanted to tell you, because I, I wanted to talk about that a little bit, and just say, always be obedient. And I just want to say, you know, this is not some kind of game or isn't that cute or, you know, you know, that and, and everything. It's really, it really is important. It really is God. And the thing about it is I wasn't even thinking about it. And so when it, when, when that first started happening, I didn't think about it. We were kind of far along in it. And then I went, oh, the building payment. I bet God's making the building payment right here. Hallelujah. And I'm like, so I was couldn't wait to get to uh, work on Monday and see if God God was making the building payment. And sure enough, he was. Hallelujah. I think I think it we had uh we had forty dollars left in the bank. So praise God. Thank you, Jesus. That was good. And so always obey God, always listen. If if God sends you up there twice, you may be having to obey God for somebody else that didn't obey, you know. And so that's, I just wanted to encourage you in that, that it is God and that it, it was significant. It was supernatural and it was significant. I was really excited about that. That was a move of God. Sometimes we don't realize we, we, are, we are praying for something we already have and revival is one of those things. We're already in revival. We're having a move of God in every service. Now we want it to increase. We're wanting in revival to increase, but to say, oh, God, send revival. Well, he did. We prayed, and he did, and it's already here, and it's flowing, and people are getting healed, and money's coming, and money, I believe money's multiplying. Amen. Hallelujah. There's a couple of more people. Barry, you want to give that testimony, your testimony? Because we had that going on last week. Amen. I believe money's multiplying. And, you know, uh, 
the church in, at Bethel in California, when the people found the gold in their backyard, what they said in their church is the gold's showing up. God's uncovering the gold. You know, the Bible says the silver and the gold are mine, saith the Lord. Hallelujah. And the gold's showing up. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm excited about that. Okay, so then I want to tell you, I've got a word for you tonight. And I'm gonna, so I'm going to tell you the dream I had, and it's a word for you. It's a word for me, but it's a word for you. It's a word for all of us. And, uh, so, and I just dreamed this last night. But when I woke up, I remembered it, and I, like, I knew. Ex well, actually, the Lord told me what it meant while I was still dreaming. In the dream, he told me what it meant. And so I dreamed, and this is going to sound funny, I dreamed that I was dreaming a dream I had already had. So it's kind of three dream. It's kind of three. It's like, boy, that is. But in my, I dreamed that I was dreaming. And in the dream that I was dreaming, I said, uh, I started, I was seeing like a, a family and people and just in their everyday activities. I don't know who they were or anything. It was kind of like watching a movie. And they were just at the table eating and doing everyday activities and other things. And in the dream in the dream that I was dreaming, I said to myself, um, it seems like I've seen this before. I've seen these. I've seen this before, but yet something about it is different. It's like I've seen these people. I've seen them doing these things, but yet it's different than the first time I saw it. And as soon as I had that thought in my dream, the Lord said, the Lord said, you only have to change a couple of things to change the outcome of your whole life. He said, you only have to change a couple of things to change the outcome of your whole life. And so what he was saying, and when, he, when I got up, I thought about it, and I thought, that is amazing, Lord. And he said, most people get overwhelmed and think, oh, I, I, my finances, oh, we just got to change everything. Everything's wrong. It's horrible. But he said, you usually, he said, you only have to change a couple of things. He didn't say usually. You only have to change a couple of things, and it will change everything. And the whole outcome of your life will be different. And you can apply this, this, is what the Holy Spirit's told me after I woke up. You can apply it to any area, and it will work. For instance, if you have finances, don't the, it's like the Lord said, don't try to change everything. Change a couple of things I show you. I'll show you a couple of things to change. Change those things, and it'll change everything. And, and you think about it. Just think about it. If somebody was not tithing, Maybe they had all sorts of financial problems, or, and, or, and maybe the Lord would show them two things to do, and one of them would be tithe, and it would change their whole life forever. Then, or if you health, if, you're, if you know, somebody's like, man, yeah, I just got all sorts of issues. Well, Lord, what's two things that you would have me change? Two things. Changing two things in any area will change will totally change now it may not totally fix it but it'll totally change the outcome of your life and you think about well is that scriptural well yeah in this sense it is think about you did one thing that was easy 
It didn't take you maybe five minutes to do it, and that was get born again. Might not have took that long, but by the time you prayed the prayer, and hallelujah, you did that one thing, and what did it do? It totally changed your whole life. And you do a couple of things in every area, and this time next year, your life won't be the same. Like, for instance, if, if you were not reading the Bible, you just never had gotten around to it, you know you need to, just to change that one area and start reading us the, the one chapter with us every day. Hallelujah. And I'm not saying I can't tell you what the two things are to change in your life, but I'm telling you, God gave me this dream that if we would change two things in specific areas, and I think sometimes like where health is concerned, it's like, man, I don't, I couldn't change enough thing. But he said, and you, you just overwhelm yourself so you don't do anything. Instead of two things, two things that will total, totally change my, in your marriage, maybe there's two things that God would show you to do different in your marriage that would change the whole complexion of your household. Amen? So be asking the Lord in, in different areas, what are two things I could do different in this area? Maybe it's at work, in your department. What are two things in this department that we could do different and this time next year it would be totally different? And I saw that in that dream. I saw that the the first dream I had these people were doing this and going through these activities and the next time I saw it they were they were still the same people and still you know the same family but they it was there were things that was different about their lives and the Lord said if you'll change two things now I think that's pretty powerful Hallelujah. But you may have to let that soak in. <laughs> Hallelujah. So we're talking about prophecy and hearing God and dreams is one of the ways that we hear God speak to us. And so that's one way and that's that's a good example of hearing God in a dream. And that's kind of unusual. Some and I but that's happened to me two or three times where I would dream the dream and while I was still in the dream, the Lord would interpret it for me and tell me what it meant. And uh, so I'm, I'm going to get busy in my life asking him, what two things could we change here and that will change your whole life? Hallelujah. That brings me to this. This is about revival, and I wanted to read this to you. This is out of my new revival study Bible. That was a blessing. One night at prayer, I said, I read something that I had copied off of online from somebody else's ministry and it was out of the revival study bible and i said i want one of those but they cost a hundred dollars and uh somebody in the church came up to me and gave me a hundred dollars and said hallelujah and i knew it was for the revival study bible hallelujah hallelujah i was thrilled too and then we got another Bible in the same week given to us the uh, brother copeland's bible with all his notes hallelujah thank you for that lord and thank you for the person that gave and was obedient. There are others of you. This is by Charles H. Spurgeon. This, he's an old-timer, way old. Hallelujah. There are others of you who are such sticklers for order, so given to everything that has been, that you do not care for any revival for fear we should hurt you. 
you would not have the church repaired lest we should touch one piece of the venerable moss that coats it. You would not cleanse your own garment because there is ancient dirt upon it. You think that because a thing is ancient, therefore it must be venerable. What does the venerable mean? Somebody help me. Valuable. A treasure. Okay. Um, you, you are lovers of the antique. Now, he's not talking to us, but this is, I mean, obviously this church, this isn't. But if we have any of this in us, we could get rid of it, couldn't we? You are lovers of the antique. You would not have a road mended because your grandfather drove his wagon along the rut that is there. He's telling them like it is, isn't he? Let it always be there, you say. Let it always be knee-deep. Did not your grandfather go through it when it was knee-deep with mud? And why should you not do the same? It was good enough for him, and it's good enough for you. You always have taken an easy seat in the chapel. You never saw a revival. You do not want to see it. You believe it is all nonsense and that it is not to be desired. You look back. You find no precedent for it. Dr. So-and-so did not talk about it. Your venerable minister who is dead did not talk so. You say, therefore, it is not needed. We need not tell you it is scriptural. That you do not care for. It is not orderly, you say. We need not tell you the thing is right. You care more about the thing being ancient than being good. Ah, you will have to get out of the way now. It is not good. You may try to stop us, but we will run over you if you do not get out of the way. With a little warning, we shall have to run over your prejudices and incur your anger. But your prejudices must not, cannot restrain us. The chain may never be so rusty with age and never so stamped with authority. The prisoner is always happy to break it. And however your fetters may shackle us, we will dash them in pieces if they stand in the way of the progress of the kingdom of Christ. Hallelujah. <laughs> I loved it. Hallelujah. I loved it when I read it. So God wants to release the spirit of revelation to us through prophecy, through dreams, through hearing his voice and all the ways we hear his voice. And he wants to do that in order to bless and build up others. God wants to reveal himself and his purpose and his ways to people. People need the Lord. There's a song that was popular a few years ago. People sang it for specials. People need the Lord. And they need the Lord, but they need to see him in power. They don't need to see him in religion. Hallelujah. They need to have an experience with God. They need the Holy Ghost to touch them. Hallelujah. They need to know that they're worth something. And that's what prophecy does. It calls out the gold. Because they already know how horrible and all the horrible things they've done. And the devil makes sure that if you aren't counteracting uh uh, these things with what God says about you, the devil's for sure telling you you are worthless. That you can never amount to anything. You've got, you've, you've. It's too late. He tells us it's too late. He tells us it's too, you're too old. Uh, yeah, I'm, I've told pastor before. You know why not revival when I was forty. Hallelujah, you know, I'm hallelujah. And he makes us start feeling uh, past the past, um, you know, too old to get it done. Hallelujah. But it's simply not true. You're not ever too old. You can't praise God. When we're 90 something, we'll be worth something. 
Hallelujah. Praise God. I was um, listening to a man. Um, he said, uh, it was, well, I'll, I'll tell that another night. Okay. <laughs> Praise God. I'll get us, because that's off track. Uh, so faithfulness at all times and in all things is the best way to keep your communication lines open with God. That's why obey, it, when we obey God, it, it makes our communication lines more open. Every time we hear Him and obey. And so we need to be listening. Praise God. Um, prophecy gives us heaven's perspective. And I'll read to you from the book on dreams that we read from the other night. Many things can clog the channel and make you unreceptive to God's voice. Some of the most common ones to watch out for are... Number one, worry. Nobody ever does that, do you? Hallelujah. And if you don't call it worry, but you're fretting or thinking about it all the time or trying to figure out what to do. I don't know what to do. I just don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And you talk to 50 people on the phone that day and you tell everybody the situation and then you tell them, I don't know what to do. I just don't know what to do. Well, you're fretting. You're worrying. The Bible says to cease from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret. It leads only to evil doing. Number two, the thing that can clog our channel is anger. Be angry and yet do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and do not give the devil an opportunity. So letting the sun go down on anger. So in other words, we need to get it right before sundown. We need to, we need to repent. I know one time there was a man in the church. Y'all know him if I called his name. They moved away. But he said, uh, well, that says sundown. Let, don't, let, and so me and my wife figure if we have a fight after sundown, we've got till the next day at sundown. <laughs> I don't really think that's what it meant. But anyway, uh, before you go to bed, don't give the devil an opportunity. Repent. Get it right. Straighten it out. Even if you have to stay up a little later. I don't like to go to bed mad at pastor or anybody. So, praise God. We're going to get it right. Hallelujah. Number three, lust. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law. Let us behave properly as in the day, not in carousing and drunkenness, not in sexual promiscuity and sensuality, not in strife and jealousy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh in regard to its lusts. So lust can block the channel. Number four, excess and addic addictions. And do not get drunk with wine, for that is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. Excess and addictions. Mm. Number five, bitterness. See to it that no one comes short of the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springing up causes trouble, and by it may be defiled. Paul cautions us, Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. This is only a short list of the kinds of things that grieve the Holy Spirit. There are certainly many more. If you want to be a good receptor of dreams, you must keep your heart and mind pure. Give no place to the devil and do nothing to grieve the Holy Spirit. And that would include hearing God in any other area. Are you wise regarding today's entertainment? 
you must be careful what you listen to because what you let in through your eyes and your ears is what your heart and mind will dwell on. Many Western Christians, especially in America, severely lack discernment and discretion in this area. We have become so jaded by the constant bombardment of the worldly in our entertainment that we barely even notice it anymore. We have become desensitized not only to the impure things around us, but also to the very need to keep our hearts and minds pure before God. We need a pure life revolution. With this in mind, you might consider going on an entertainment fast. Purity is a magnet to revelation. All revelation that God releases is pure because He is pure. Corruption occurs at our end. We all see the world and approach the things of God through the particular mental and spiritual filters that our life experiences and circumstances have put in place. All of these filters are different, and some are cleaner than others. Clean or dirty, they influence the way we see and respond to the world around us. More importantly, they affect the way we see and respond to God. What, are, what filters are in place in your life? How clean are they? Do you filter life in revelation through love, joy, and peace, or through anger, bitterness, and fear? Jesus said, take care what you listen to. By your standard of measure, it will be measured to you, and more will be given you besides. And don't forget... Paul's wise counsel. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is, good re of, is of good repute, if there is any excellence, if anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. Be wise with your entertainment. Hallelujah. Now, now I'll step on your toes. Are you working with your routine? Inconsistent schedules can hinder the flow and retention of revelation. Sometimes this is not your fault, but simply due to the demands of life. That is honestly the hardest one for me due to my many travels. Cry out to the Lord, though, along with me for God's grace to help you to work with your schedule or even alter it if needed. Remember that my wife, Michael Ann, began receiving powerful dream revelation at night while asleep because the demands of life and four small children made it nearly impossible for her to get alone with God during the day on a consistent basis. God will meet you where you are and work with you. Seek the Lord for special times that are set apart for receiving from Him. You may have to give up some things, even some good things, in order to obtain the best things. Sacrifice releases power. Hallelujah. So, erratic schedules, hallelujah, and that, that can be just because we're not consistent. That can hinder us from hearing God. And then, of course, anger and all the things we listed. And then the entertainment. Uh, it is just, you know, we're just going to have to say it plain and simple. You're not going to be able to watch things. If you really want to hear God a lot, I'm not saying you would never hear him, but if you want to hear him a lot and you want a real flow of prophecy, revelation, the gifts of the Spirit, you're going to have to get out of watching entertainment that is uh, full of new age, full of demonic activity, you know, because that's not going to be pure. You're putting, you're putting garbage in. One person said this, garbage in, garbage out. Hallelujah. And plus... Those things, and, and too much entertainment uh, of even things that are not wicked, say, like well, those are very wicked, the new age, the occult, 
anything to do with uh, witches, aliens, zombies, hallelujah. Anything that, if it looks like a demon, it is. And if we want these things to flow through us, the healing anointing and those things, we, we're going to have to be uh, pure and clean vessels. And so we, we got to clean up some things. We all have become desensitized to the things. We've become desensitized to, to uh, what, you know, we don't even get upset when we see a, somebody out and their practically looks like they got their underwear on. That doesn't even phase us, you know, because we're desensitized to it. A lot of people, and there might be some in this room, are desensitized to cursing in movies. And uh, it doesn't bother you if they use the F word. But you need to get your sensitivity back where that where you hate it. Where you, where you hate those things. And the Lord's name in vain. Where you hate it. And you're just not letting that stuff be planted in you. Uh, and so, And then also just too much of entertainment, even when it's not bad. If you're putting in more entertainment than you are the word because the inner, it's like uh, entertainment, you, you, you won't ever be able to maintain overflow if you're, because it's just like it, I don't know what it does to it, it's, but it's, it's, uh, it, uh, it, well, here it is. It's Mark chapter four and it talks about it chokes the word. It chokes the word. The cares of this world. Uh, let me read Mark 4 just to tell you that. So, uh, and you know, a lot of times, and I imagine you've done it, and I've done it, I've repented for it, but I have overrode where my spirit was actually convicting me of something I watched. And, I'm, and I might be even wrestling, well, you know, really, this is okay. This is not as bad as some things that are on. You ever told yourself that? Um, but anyway, and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, and the lust for other things. Uh, one version says that different, but other things, the lust for the things of the world, the caring about the things of the world will choke the word and it becometh unfruitful. And so you can be putting the word in, but you can be choking out a lot of what you're getting. We want to get to the place in uh, uh, in uh, Acts chapter six. It talks about uh, it talks about the work of the ministry, and it says that um, the widows were being neglected in the daily ministrations. In other words, uh, everybody wasn't getting ministered to like they should. And in Acts chapter 4, it says, uh, no, Acts chapter 6. Somebody tell me. Why didn't y'all holler at me? Okay. You're scared. That's why. <laughs> You're scared to holler at me. Anyway, he said, uh, but there wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you for seven men of honest report. Okay. One qualification. Full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom. So a lot of times we find people that are of honest report, and that's one thing we read a while ago, to be, uh, no, I, did I read that, truthfulness at all times and in all things? That's being of honest report, isn't it? And so honest report and a wisdom. We can have wisdom, but there's one, Holy Ghost, let's see, fullness, full of the Holy Ghost. Fullness is measured by overflow. You can tell when somebody's full of the Holy Ghost 
because they have overflow. They'll be overflowing with the Holy Ghost. Let me tell you how, let me explain that a little better. If I was to give you a glass here, maybe it was a styrofoam cup. Those are white usually, you know, white styrofoam cup. And I was to give that to you, you, the only way you could tell if that cup was full, unless you look down in it. But if I just hand it to you like this, the only way you could tell if that cup was full is how? If it was overflowing. Because you can't see through it. You cannot see how much is in that cup. So the only way, if I ask you, uh, Pastor Anita, how, how much is in this cup? You would say, I don't know. You don't know if there's that much. You don't know if there's that much. Or you don't know if it's right up to the top. Because you can't see in it. But if it starts to overflow, you know it's full. Hallelujah. So if we, we, wanna, we, we can't tell people, I'm full of the Holy Ghost. If we're not overflowing, that means we've got something. The Bible says when you come together, one will have a psalm, one will have a revelation, one will have a, you know, and we're not sitting there saying, no, I didn't get anything, you know. Well, <laughs> get full or clean out your ears, your spiritual ears, or maybe you have to put aside some things. Maybe the reason we're not hearing as good as we can hear is because our entertainment is polluting the water. Because bitter and sweet water came, came, can't come out of the same vessel. You cannot, it doesn't matter. You know, pastor the other day was working with ammonia. That stuff's nasty. That stuff will hurt you, you know. And so, and it wouldn't matter if we had, if I had a gallon of water here and I only put one little drop of ammonia, would you drink it? No. Or if we just put one little uh, uh you know, we just went out here at the mud puddle that runs by the house, the house, the church, and we just said, well, I only put a teaspoon in it and two gallons of water. Let me ask you, would you drink it? No. You wouldn't drink it. But why? Because it doesn't matter how small amounts you put, it, 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 it makes it impure. And hallelujah, that's why sweet water and bitter water can't come out of the same place. Because no matter how sweet the water is, if it has any impurities. So we, we're in a process now. We're not, we're not going to get under condemnation. That's for sure. But not having no condemnation is no excuse for keeping not, not dealing with the things that are in our lives in the form of entertainment. And entertainment's so easy to get to. And it's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. They've already, even in the past year, uh, I think it was like up until a few months ago, in a PG movie, they could only have one of the, one, that really bad word that I hate so much. One time. They could only use it one time. And have you ever done that where you watched a movie? It was so good. It was so clean. And you get to the last 15 minutes and all of a sudden they drop that bomb. And I'm like, what? Because this was a perfect movie. No sex, no, no bad words, clean. But they put that on there. Well, they changed the, they changed the ratings now and they can put it in there a bunch more now. I don't know how many times is the limit now, but you can look that up online. But that's what I read, that they had changed it now. So, uh, hallelujah. Well, thank God. A lot of people are coming out with uh, 
Christian movies now. Amen. Amen. So that's a good thing. And and you know what? Hollywood, though, that it's the devil. Because Hollywood doesn't get the message because they've already proved that uh, the movies that they make that are more family-friendly and even Christian make more than those trashy movies that they that they're producing in Hollywood. But they're not going to stop because the devil's behind it. So, uh, hallelujah. I say they're not going to stop. Short of revival in the whole United States, they won't. Hallelujah. Praise God. So prophecy gives us heaven's perspective. Uh, I'll read one more thing, and then we're going to... Now, next week on Wednesday night, we're going to have a guest speaker. For those of you that are going to be here in town still, we're going to have a guest speaker, Andy Glover. It's going to be a blessing. Hallelujah. He wanted to come, no matter how many was going to be here. It didn't matter to him. And I like that. Do you? It's good. And so we're going to have a good time. Revival believes the unseen. I'm just reading you some stuff about revival tonight. A variety of revival forms are identified in these verses, Romans 4, 8 through 25, which that's the verses about Abraham and how he believed God and it was accounted unto him for righteousness. Hallelujah. Okay. The most obvious is the revival of Abraham's and Sarah's capability to produce offspring. How, who thought that's a revival? Hallelujah. Faithful Abraham demonstrated one of the most important principles necessary for revival. Abraham, the only patriarch said to be the father of faith, imitated and practiced the same type of faith God himself practices. Abraham, God's friend, believed God's promise and dared to, be, to live out that unseen promise into reality based on his intimate relationship and trust in the God he had walked with. God revives that which seems dead and hopeless. In the beginning, God's Spirit hovered and eventually spoke light, B, to a dark, lifeless, water-covered planet, calling those things that be not as though they were. Revival faith, that's us, revival faith, chooses to believe the unseen reality instead of temporary visible conditions that tend to contradict the truths of God's word and promises. That's us right here. We have revival faith. We're not looking at these contradictory circumstances that we have in attendance and, and uh, finances where it, where it took $192 of obedience right up here in the front in, include, plus the regular offering. We're, the, we're, those, those are contradictory circumstances, and we're ignoring them. We're not paying any attention to them. We're not drawing any conclusions for them, from them. We know they're there. We know it's happening. We know we can look out, but we're not basing our outcome on what we see now. We're not drawing conclusions from what we see now. We're not drawing conclusions in our body from what the doctor says, from what we feel now, from what we see now, because we have faith. We have revival faith that everything's turning out amazing, that as we pursue, we without fail shall recover all, as Pastor preached two weeks ago. And if your finances are lying, and your checkbook is lying to you, 
and maybe even people are calling your house, hallelujah. Don't draw conclusions about your future. Don't draw, say this must be God's will. It's not. Hallelujah. And let's have revival faith together over River Church and pay no attention. Don't get upset. No matter, hey, now, you know, we're going, we're fixing to go into spring break. Uh, hallelujah. You want me to say something negative about spring break? And how I, I have always, thank you, Jesus. Never mind. <laughs> hallelujah. Praise God. But we're not going to draw any conclusions from that. Hallelujah. Praise God. We had the worst month that we've ever had pastoring in January of 2014. But that is not who we are. That's not what we've been called to. We're not drawing any conclusions from that. We just ignore it. Um, one of my, I don't want, get to watch this guy's movies because his movies are a lot of times rated R, but I sure do think he's cute anyway. Uh, and that's Matthew McGonaghy. And so one day I was reading about him on the internet because I heard he was from Texas. So I wanted to know, well, what town are you in? Are you from in Texas? And, you know, I really can't remember. I think it's Uvalde. And, uh, and he grew up in uh, Longview, went graduated from high school in Longview, Texas. And so uh, it was quite given some of the quotes of things he had said. And by the way, I didn't watch it, but I heard that he said something. He, he's made a really good speech at the Academy Awards and said something about God. But I don't know what he said because I don't watch the Academy Awards because it doesn't mean anything to me because I've never seen any of the movies that get anything. <laughs> it's like, okay, hadn't seen that one, hadn't seen that one. Okay, so, but I do look at their dresses online afterwards. Hallelujah, and see which dress I think is the prettiest and all that. You know, that's important. Hallelujah. <laughs> Garland, you look at the dresses too. He's like, I can't believe this. Hallelujah. But anyway, Matthew McGonaghy said something, and I said, you know, that's flat spiritual, and I'm going to give it to you, and I'm telling you it'll make you, it'll help you. And it's uh, just keep on living. Just keep on living. And he said that he picked up that saying when his dad died. When his dad died and he was grieving and he'd lost his dad, he just said, he was like, he thought to himself, what am I going to do? And then he answered himself and he said, just keep on living. And I thought, you know, when, when your checkbook don't line up to the word, what are you going to do? Just keep on living. Just keep on living. And speak to it and all those things. But besides that, what are you going to do? Just keep on living. And I like that. Well, Brother Hagen said something like that. He used to say the, the deacons, they, the finances would be bad and things would be going bad in the church. And I don't know, maybe somebody left or whatever. And then the deacon board would say, oh, Brother Hagen, what are we going to do? He said, we're going to act like the word's true. Well, you know what? How do you act like the word's true? Just keep on living. Just keep on going. Don't stop. Don't quit praying. Don't quit reading the Word. Don't quit going to church. Because when you do that, then you are going to have you're going to have a you're going to have a wreck. You're going to have a casualty. So we're going to keep on keeping on. We're going to keep on reading the Word. We're going to keep on confessing. We're going to keep on praying. We're going to keep on decreeing and declaring revival. We're going to keep on praying for the sick. 
Don't matter. Well, what if this happens? Well, what if you can't make the building payment next month? I don't know. Keep on living. <laughs> Hallelujah. But I don't believe, I believe God will always supply our needs. He told me and pastor in 2001 that the ends would always meet and overlap. Well, they just overlapped a little this week. Let's just say that by $40. But, but he said the ends will meet and overlap always. And we've stood on that a million times. Not a million, but a bunch of times. We've stood on it a bunch of times that the ends would always meet and overlap. And uh, hallelujah, I'm going to keep standing on that. And, you know, in 2001, when he gave us that, uh, we thought that, man, it sure is hard right now. Well, we just didn't know. You know, well, I, I, have you ever said you just can't take anymore? Well, you might have to. We can be dramatic and whiny and pitiful. Hallelujah. But we're just going to keep on keeping on. When we've, What if you feel depressed one day? Just keep on living. Just come out. Shake it off. Not shake it. Sometimes, you know, you know, sometimes maybe it is a devil and we, we can do that too. But a lot of times it's shake it off, get out of the self-pity, go find something to do, go find somebody to help. A lot of times, and I'll tell you for sure, if you don't shake it off when it first starts, we will be casting it out of you. Because if you give the devil an inch, he'll take a mile. Hallelujah. Praise God. So are y'all going to do that with me? Just keep on being re having revival faith. Hallelujah. Don't matter what we see, what we hear. No matter what, it don't matter what they say about us. Thank you, Jesus. The church is not about buildings. You don't need a building. Man, we could have church at the park. We, you know, we could come to your house and have church all over the world. China, all they have is house churches in China. Praise God. And there's more, more Christians there. And all of them are committed. You get committed if you think you're going to get shot. You want to walk really close. Really close. Hallelujah. Well, let's, let's let Pastor say something now.